this is Powered by Iron Health, an Iron Health podcast based out of Westchester, New York. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome and thank you for tuning into the Iron Health podcast. We talk everything health and wellness, fitness, business, rehabilitation, and everything in between. I'm your host, Dr. Jadson Bootham, one of the doctors of physical therapy here at Iron Health in Westchester, New York, where we offer one-on-one physical therapy. Today we have a really special guest. He's actually on our show last season. Um, we talked a little bit last time about his kind of journey through fitness, his career, and also his little stint with low back pain, which he actually overcame and did a great job of doing that. Um, if you guys want to check that out, that was on last season's um, episodes. We can look that up in the show notes as well, too. But we have LeVon Gilbert here. LeVon, thank you for being here and taking the time to come back to us. Well, thank you for having me back. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So, you know, like I said, last time we talked, we talked a lot about your career, um, fitness, and also what you went through with your back pain. You dropped a lot of gems in there. So, again, everyone, please check that out. But in terms of towards the end, we talked a little bit more about you know, BCF, Ball Control Fitness, which was your company, your fitness company. So why don't you kind of tell us, you know, right where we left off, you give us a little bit of intro, but if you can just reintroduce our listeners to what you've been kind of doing. Also, just a quick background of what BCF was, but you know, what you've been doing since the last time we spoke. Okay, sure. So BCF training um, originated with Ball Control Fitness. Right. Ball Control Fitness was a program that I developed centered around a 2.2 pound ball filled with sand. So it was a workout that I really enjoyed. I would do it in parks. I would do it at the gym. I'm sure you've seen it. Oh, yeah. And it was pretty unique. But it wasn't foreign to me because I just got so used to working with the ball and manipulating it. And it was my way of doing both cardio, um, weight training, and building up my overall endurance. Right? Right. So... I kept getting so many questions about the workout oh, yeah, because it was dynamic, <laughs> it was explosive, and I'm always having fun while I'm doing it. Sure. So what happened was I said, all right, well, you know, why don't I introduce it to some other people? I could not find a group to make the ball for me specifically. So I contacted a buddy of mine who was in China for, he was there for a, an assignment for two years, put right. me in touch with a company that actually produced them for me, mm-hmm. and I formalized the, the program and made a business around it. I'm giving you the condensed version oh, of it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so um, I work with people um, in terms of their physical fitness. I also work with them in terms of their overall wellness. And that's something that I've moved more into since the last time I was on uh, your podcast. Sure, which sure. Which has been great. Gotcha. So yeah, so just kind of moving into more of like the wellness aspect of the training. Because I remember when I was doing one of the training sessions with you, we did some over the summer last yeah. week. Oh, sorry, uh, last summer, it was um, definitely very, it was definitely very different from traditional exercising, right? It was a lot of, um, like you said, coordination, you know, regular movement patterns. Um, with some of the training you're doing with some of the people now, are they kind of more um, acceptant of like kind of what kind of training this is? Because it is a little bit less on the traditional end as opposed to, you know, what you're trying to get across to some of the training. Well, here's the thing. Since the pandemic started, I haven't been in front of people live one-on-one. Sure. Things have been over the internet, video conferencing, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So to really show them the manipulation of the ball with the Ball Control Fitness Program, that has been a bit more challenging. So I've pretty much been focused on the wellness aspect oh, gotcha. and coaching aspect mm-hmm. of things with, with my clients. And that's, that's primarily what I've been 
focus oh, yeah. on it. Gotcha. Yeah, because definitely, you know, with everything with the pandemic, kind of hard to demonstrate things when it's not one-on-one. Right? Yeah, because I make it look easy. Oh, for sure, man. And <laughs> sometimes, I guess, to translate that without showing people how to twist their arm, how to, mm-hmm. excuse me, twist their wrist, sure. and exactly how to hold the ball. Although I've made instructional videos for it, mm-hmm. and some people pick it up fast and others don't. But I, I like that in-person sort of uh, touch and yeah, feel, sure. if you will. Yeah, I think um, when you showed me it in person, you know, when I first started with you, it was definitely very you know, unique, and you had to really learn up front because there was a lot of trial and error when you first learn it. But right, and most people want to quickly pick up the ball and manipulate it oh, and yeah. work with it fast mm-hmm. the way that I do. But I try to gradually bring them along so that they understand and the real weight and feel of it, get a real feel and touch for it. And once you have that, you're able to just extend and work with it in many, many creative ways. Yeah, for sure. So I should have brought one with me so that we could like do some of it. That's here, okay. Well, we can do too is um, we'll link some stuff in the show notes to kind of see, you know, your Instagram, some of the videos that you have posted, because it is pretty, um, it's pretty impressive the kind of things that you can do with this ball and how it translates into just athletics and even wellness too, kind of what you're doing now. I think a lot of the foundation, you know, is laid in a lot of the videos that you do show. So we'll, we'll link that in the show notes to kind of okay, show everyone to good. see what's going on. Sounds so good. I think you also have a podcast out as well too. That's associated with Puckle Yes. Fitness. I got to tell you, I enjoyed being on your podcast oh, yeah? so much that I reached out to your producer for mm-hmm. some help and guidance in terms of creating my own. Sure. Because I was like, you know what? I really love being able to share the information and impart that mm-hmm. with people. So I created the BCF Training Podcast. Very cool. I have now 12 different episodes that, mm-hmm. I, that I recorded, and I've had a broad spectrum of people on the show. The focus is on people who are in their midlife. Got it. Right? People who are busy professionals, people who have careers, family, aging. How do you make it all work? How do you fit in health and fitness and make it a lifestyle? Right. So that's the focus of my podcast. And I mean, I've had um, marathoners, triathletes, mm-hmm. uh, busy executives who've been on the program. I've had housewives. So a, like I said, a broad spectrum of different people. Sure. And we discuss how they're able to make health and fitness a priority. And right. Everyone has an interesting and different story yeah. in terms of how they're able to do it. For sure. I think you tailor a lot of it to, you know, that same, you know, kind of um, population demographic that you're trying to reach with your podcast, but also with some of the, you know, BCF um, training as well, too. So on top of the kind of the BCF training, I know you said because of the pandemic, you kind of had to restructure some of the, you know, how you do the training. Um, You're more focused on wellness. Do you think you can speak about that a little bit more? Let's say if um, someone, you know, is interested, what exactly is it that, you know, you're offering in terms of some of the wellness training? Sure, sure. what is popular in terms of, you know, uh, a way to phrase it, coaching, sure. health coaching, wellness coaching. Now, some mm-hmm. people, they are like, so what is that exactly? It's basically helping a person to be the best person they can possibly be right. in terms of looking at their overall wellness. And what that means to me is your physical well-being, your mental well-being, your emotional well-being, mm-hmm. and your social well-being. So how do you address those things to have a balanced life? and be well. So my specific area that I like to talk about is the physical fitness side of things as well as the nutritional side of things. But the physical side is the foundation because if you don't have your physical health 
all of the other aspects are so much harder. Sure. And really this came about because my mother had a lot of physical ailments. Oh, did she? Over, yeah, right. over the last 30 years of her life. Mm -hmm. And I got to see how that was debilitating and limiting. And so I really try to work with people to address their, their overall well, wellness and health from sure. the physical standpoint first. Then we talk about a nutritional standpoint as well. So it's about setting goals, mm -hmm. really understanding the person, and them getting a deeper understanding of what it is and why they want to achieve certain things. Right. And we set targets, um, I hold them accountable, right. and make it fun. That, that's really what it's about. Yeah, I think, yeah, sure, def aspect. definitely, um, you know, the kind of you know, service and all the things that you kind of offer now, I think it's definitely so prevalent, you know, with everything with the pandemic going on. You know, you're talking a lot of people not being able to get out to gyms or, you know, work out inside or you know, do, do whatever you need to do to be healthy. But that, you know, physical aspect is definitely very key because, like you said before, it can tie back into that, you know, mental, emotional state. Where, well, it definitely does. And pe a lot of people were struggling, and they may right. still be struggling, with how to restructure mm -hmm. their health sure. and wellness right. due to the pandemic. Because gyms were closed, right. people were in tiny spaces, some people were in bigger spaces, but still, they were not used to being able to address their physical fitness at home. So mm -hmm. how does that change? You know, I like to see a lot of different things. I love to see different stimulus while I'm working out. Sure. But I had to reinvent how I was doing things. Right. You know, I created this whole area in my basement to address my physical fitness. Right. So I help people reimagine, if you will, mm -hmm. or envision something different and take those steps so that they can achieve their goals even if it is in a different setting. It's not as comfortable as what they might they may have been used to in the past, but we take the steps to get them to where they want to go. Gotcha. So you're actually, so you're not just also like you know training them just on different kinds of exercises and basically no, all they want. No. It's kind and, of like a and, whole. And here's the thing with that. Sure. I found that to be limiting, right? You've worked out with me. You've done some of my mini boot camps, For if sure. you will. For sure. And people really get to work when they're working with me. I mean, they're in it. They're sweating. They're having a you know. They it's, may it's, be having a good time. They may not be having. It's a, a great. Good time, it's a great time. But man. they are working. <laughs> Right? right. So I know that I can get them to put in the work when they're in front of me and when they're with me. Mm -hmm. But I started to see how they weren't hitting their goals. So I knew that there was something amiss. And I wanted to be able to have more of an impact to help them reach their goals than just while they were with me in a session. And that's what led me to pursuing my wellness certification that I've told you about. That's right. Um, yeah. So it was kind of an opportune time mm -hmm. while we were kind know, of dealing anymore. with and trying to get through the pandemic. Right. I did my wellness certification through Cornell University that's through right. their eCornell program. Mm -hmm. So it was it was it was actually amazing because I got a totally different perspective in terms of how to reach people and how to communicate with them. Before, with my being the subject matter expert, if you will, sure. yeah. I was the one who was dictating, saying, do this, do that. And a lot of times that's why people come to you, because of your knowledge base, what you can impart on them, right? So that's what I was used to, just saying, do these things and you will get here. Mm -hmm. Well, by looking at things a little differently, what are the limiting factors? What's holding them back from achieving those goals? Gotcha. So that's more what I now try to figure out and understand rather than saying, here's the real, here's the plan. You do this, you'll be successful. Mm -hmm. 
Well, those who do it, yeah, they will be, but some people need more encouragement. Some people need to address other things that may be limiting them from addressing the plan because there's so much information out there right now. Yeah. You know, YouTube, just Google whatever it is you're thinking about, and you have a plethora of information. Right. But how do you stick to it? How do you sift through that to tailor it to make it work for you? And that's what a wellness coach, health coach, lifestyle coach mm -hmm. can help you do. Because a lot of times we can use some of our experience and even the knowledge base that we've picked up from working with other clients to help people achieve their goals. Gotcha. Yeah. No, totally, totally agree. I mean, even some of the delivery of some of the information and some of the advice I give as a physical therapist you know, you have to kind of think, you know, back and be like, okay, this is kind of like a different, you know, different time now that might not have access to, you know, different things and to really hit their goals. So you just have to take like a different perspective just because, again, the goals might be different this time around as opposed to maybe it was, let's say, a year ago. Yeah. So I think that's a very good point. So it seems that, you know, the certification that you went out and got really seemed to help you a lot with how you delivered some of your, you know, what you were doing and really get into the mindset of some of the people that are out right, there. Right, right. And before it was, you know, a lot of times when you are training people, sometimes trainers come off as like the tough guy, the tough person, yeah, okay, sure. not guy, tough person, sure. like you're going to whip them into shape. Well, some people really want that. And I, I still have people who come to me and they're mm -hmm. like, okay, I didn't follow the program. Let me have it. I, I'm, I'm tough. I'm, I, I'm all ears to hear sure. it. And I'm like, well, no, 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 no. Let's talk about what was going on during your week mm -hmm. so that we can figure out why. And not in the in way of like trying to form guilt, of course, right. but to understand how do we navigate that? Mm -hmm. What are the factors that came up? If they come up again, how do we make sure you can minimize the effect on you not continuing with the plan? Right. We want to continue with the plan. Mm -hmm. So I take a different approach in terms of really listening more now right. rather than barking out, <laughs> hey, do this, yeah. do that. So a lot of, you know, Stepping back for a moment, truly listening, and they call it active listening, right, if right. you will, to the client so that you can hear what's going on. Because most of us want to be heard is, is, is the thing. I'm sure you get a lot of conversation while you have oh, your yeah. clients in. Sure. And, you know, people appreciate that when they know that they are being heard. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you allow them to make excuses for not moving forward. But you help them, like I said, overcome those obstacles. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think um, some of the ways I've changed the way I've practiced, treated, even trained as well too, mm -hmm. you know, when I first started, um, it was really more about just facts and numbers and yeah. things like that. But again, I think um, you can't really look at someone and just base them solely off that. Like I give them exercise with low back pain, they haven't done it. And before I'd be like, okay, why don't you do it? It takes only 10, 15 minutes right. out of your day. But then you ask the deeper questions mm -hmm. and say, oh, maybe there's something that's come up in their personal life or something has gone drastically wrong in the professional life. Right. Um, there's always kind of something that you just have to kind of account for. And instead of just, like you said, having them feel guilty for not doing it or your pain's never going to go away because you're not doing this, take a step back, really listen to them, be an active listener, be like, okay, why is this, what is the situation right now? Mm -hmm. How can we help navigate to solve this? I think um, a lot of um, practitioners, not just, you know, trainers, physical therapists, doctors, I think just in general, people will need to hear this kind of information because it just makes you a more well-rounded person. You'll be able to reach your goals no matter if it's you know any kind of physical goals, um, emotional goals, whatever it is. Yeah. If you have a general idea of you know why things are happening and you get more perspective, I think that's you know a fantastic way um, to think about and look at how to train, treat, or just 
just do anything with someone that has a goal, right? Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, in terms of the clientele that you're having now, have you really had to change, you know, a lot of like deliverance, right? You already talked about, you know, talking with someone. Now I'm guessing it's some through kind of like a video or like Zoom or something like that. How have yeah. you, how much of your business have you changed to what it is today from what it was maybe a year ago when we last talked? Uh, I subscribe to Google Meet. <laughs> sure. That's my preferred sure. uh, form of delivery. Mm -hmm. Actually, I've been pretty exclusive to that. Now that things have warmed up here in Westchester, East Coast, I am looking forward to getting people outside more. I've had some people contact me oh, really? at some of my boot camps in the past. And, you know, as people are, you know, receiving their vaccines and all of that good stuff, yeah. I'm planning to get those up and going again for, for May. Gotcha. So, yeah. Very cool. Are you looking to do more of um, like translating into the ball kind of like routine, kind of throwing that back into the mix? I have some there of your clients be, ask about uh, that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There will be agility, mm -hmm. um, conditioning, weight training, all mixed in and into a nice, nice form boot camp. Very cool, yeah. man. Awesome. So just kind of want to go back and talk about, again, just um, just the ball aspect itself because I think it's it's kind of a good way – for people, like I said, to learn the coordination, the balance of skills or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I think now that you've kind of alluded to it just, just recently that people are getting a little more comfortable now. Um, people are getting vaccinated and just, you know, more spaces out there when it comes to outside because now we're getting to yeah. the summer months. Um, what are some of the things that you're looking to kind of reintegrate in terms of people trying to learn those motor skills again? Because I'm sure a lot of that was potentially kind of lost with what we were doing, yeah, you know, in yeah, terms of pandemic. I, I definitely think so. Um, my, my thought is to bring them along slowly. Sure. So the first thing is to get a touch and a feel for the ball and mm -hmm. just move around with it. I really enjoy having people work on balance. I think because that is something that many people overlook. And as we get older, we take it for granted how we had balance while we were younger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but as we get older, you're, we're more prone to slips falls etc mm -hmm. so i love to incorporate having um the person work with the ball as as they're working on their balance movements right. as well standing on one foot being on one foot raising the opposite leg mm -hmm. the opposite knee, raising the opposite arm bringing it across and in front of them so just slowly getting them to understand their body so that they can then build on top of that with more complex movements right yeah a lot of the complex movements for sure i think starts with fundamentals right yeah and yeah, a lot of sure. um a lot of things that i've done with you in the past right although you know super high level because at that point in time when we were going to the gym mm -hmm. you know a couple years ago and really working on these ball movements and being able to let's say change direction without having to worry about um you know like maybe losing your balance like yeah it, it, it yeah. plays it plays a big role so i think what you do is very, um, you know, all, actually almost like physical therapy, you know, exercise rehab kind of base because once you build off of that, that strength, that initial foundation, um, so many things off of that can really become great in terms of athleticism, coordination, balance because the ability to switch direction while having that dexterity with the ball, yeah. I think it's something that's very, you know, not worked on too much in the gym. I, I, you know? I definitely agree with yeah. you. and. As, as we get older, we just kind of move away from it. Sure. Because think about it. Well, you're, you're, you're a little younger than I am. You know, <laughs> as you get older, what's my reason to you know, get down on the floor and get up quickly? Mm -hmm. I don't really have one. 
Right. Right. So when the time comes that I have to do that, my body really isn't prepared for it. Yeah. So I like to put people in positions so that they can gradually make those moves. And we build on speed. We build on speed. We build on speed to sure. where it's, it's no big deal if they have a, a slip or they have a fall and they need to bring themselves up again. Gotcha. Like I saw a video clip of, of this woman. It was um, some sort of challenge where you needed to get up without using both hands off the ground. Oh, really? And I'm like, that's pretty easy. And I just started watching other people who like were doing yeah, the yeah. challenge. And they couldn't do it. Like they had to, you know, put two hands down to push themselves up. And I just did it with one and lifted one leg up. But that's because I do that sort of thing all the time. That's the way you train. And, you know, these are fun. I call they are functional things. Not that you do it every day, mm -hmm. but you want to be able to know that you can rely on your body to react like that without yeah. it being like, oh my God, help me, help me. <laughs> I, need to, I need you to help pull me up. Yeah. No. You know? Yeah. So. That makes, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, look, I think um, the biggest thing with me, again, as a physical therapist, is yeah. you, you train the way you're going to live. Like you train the way you're going to function, right? Everything has to be, for me, have some kind of functionality to it. And, um, Again, at least from my understanding and my perspective, when I do go to the gym or, you know, back in the day, you know, you would see back in the day, you, you would go in and you would see people kind of, again, just train kind of that linear kind of way, right? Yeah, yeah. With some of your clients, were they like that in the past where they want that kind of, you know, that kind of progression where you had to kind of have them take a step back? Was that a conversation you had to do here, in the past? Here, here's the thing. I initially, the types of people who were attracted to what I was doing were former athletes right. and people who were very who are very active in their lives now. They could be a skier. They could um, be a person who likes to play beach volleyball, yeah. cyclist, runners, people who had more of the traditional gym workouts, if you will, meaning, as you were saying, more linear. Yeah. They didn't get it. They were like, what are you doing? The ball is two pounds. Why don't you use any weight? Yeah. And I, it, it was more of a hurdle to talk to them to get over the importance. Of course, right. How the time under stress with a 2.2-pound ball. Mm -hmm. I'm lifting more than you're lifting. If you take the entire session, the 60 minutes, let's say, that we're in the gym. Yeah. I've lifted more weight. I've had more weight under pressure than you actually had. Yeah. And so you just, you know, it takes some time to, to talk to them about that because, you know, People would see me manipulating the ball, tossing it in the air, and they come over and they want to pick it up. And they're like, it's light. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it is light. But that's just a different way of training. Mm -hmm. And it's a different way of getting your body to react. And I think you have to vary it up. I mean, I still do regular weights. Mm -hmm. You know, I do I avoid squats sure. uh, just because of my back. Sure. But I have, you know, what is called the traditional weight routine. So um, it's a conversation to answer your question right. with the people who I work with. I talk to them about what they're achieving and talk to them about the fun aspect of it because it is different. It's, some, it's a way of training that they're not used to. And mm -hmm. once they get into it, they end up. They usually end up liking it. Oh yeah, it's 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 very fun. It's actually a very good workout. You know, very good. Time you know, I, well, I, I was a little frustrated not sure. having these gyms open. To be quite honest with you, to bring more people in mm -hmm. to actually have them work with it. Now I'm excited that it's warmed up, so I can bring some people. You know, like we said, people are, you know, their vaccine. Mm -hmm. So you know, of course, we'll be socially distanced. 
have some spacing as we're doing these outdoor workouts. But um, yeah, I mean, that's the fun part for me. It's, it's them learning something new and seeing the progress. I love seeing the progress. Right, because again, you go back to what I think people are attracted to the most, which I, in my opinion, would be you know the objective stuff, right? The numbers, they want to see the numbers go up. They want to see the weight go down. And you know, hopefully they do it in a pain-free manner, which kind of, which kind of, <laughs> right, right. Which kind of brings me to one of my, you know, my last points was um, with, with BCF and the kind of training you're doing and also just in regards to the past with your back pain and just injuries you've had overall. Because, yeah. you know, you're an athlete and you've been doing this for quite some time now. Um, a lot of BCF movements, like I said, we're, we're talking about you know, movements that are foundational. Um, were you able to use some of that kind of maybe like rehab, or kind of like the, th the therapeutic exercise in the past, in incorporate that into your ball control fitness because we're trying to see if we can do something in terms of in the rehab setting or maybe just at Iron Health in particular, mm -hmm. that we can incorporate something, you know, like that ball, but also have the foundational, you know, come on, so is that something that you've worked with in the past with some people that have been hurt before? Well, I don't specifically work with them. I leave that to the experts like you Great. in terms of, dealing with previous injuries, mm -hmm. right? So I try to make sure that the person is in a healthy state, okay. if you will, before we kind of um, forward. really aggressively move things forward. Okay. So once I'm able to assess that they're in a, a good state, mm -hmm. then I, I determine how much I can add on top of each exercise or each movement. I like to build on each movement with them and take them, you know, further and further and right. have them be surprised at how much of an athlete they they really are no matter you know no matter their age because i've worked with people who are like teenagers i've worked with young kids yeah. i've called high school students and as well as i've had some people who have been in their 70s mm -hmm. and it's surprising to them what they can do after working with me for a little while yeah you know i had one woman i think i may have told talked to you about her before she was cl close to being 70 years old and I helped her quite a bit with her balance movements um, her, her, her overall lower body strength in terms of making it more fun as we were manipulating the ball so I built first on just the, the movement patterns mm -hmm. balance right and then I incorporated the ball so I had her you know stable on the bottom and then had her mind focusing on manipulating the ball. Very and cool. she was just like, wow, we used to do this in one of my classes, but we were seated. Oh, so gotcha. it's just, you know, mm -hmm. trying to have people do things a little differently, keep their mind engaged in what they're doing. So they are there. My thing is, while you're with me, while you're working, you're here. All attention is here. You're not worried about someone else over there. You're not worried about what, how someone else is working out. Right because you're going to get that much more out of it. Yeah. The benefit is there as long as you're present. You have to be present. Right. I think, I think so as well. So I think in terms of, again, the kind of things that you know, I guess we're trying to do or what you're trying to do, being present is definitely key. I think that's where you see a lot of the um, translation to the normal life, right? Because then when you're so present with some of the things you're doing, maybe with the ball, in conjunction, let's say, with balance like you did with that woman, um, it makes it that much easier for just a normal day and normal life Mm -hmm. and less risk and less stress in terms of, you know, will I be able to stand up or will I be able to get up from the chair right. and not have the risk for falling? So I think True. that's a fantastic way of, you know, kind of training, you know, people as well too. I think yeah. it's very functional. And again, just going back to kind of the physical therapy aspect, like you said, we try to do the same exact thing, make their life kind of hell in here mm. <laughs> to a certain degree. Again, have them not suffer, but just so that when they walk out the door and, you know, now they're in the community, 
they can navigate those things without having to feel too much fear because they've ever gone through the fire. And I say fire very loosely because, you know, we try to make things fun and we try right, to make it right. functional, but we try to make it a little bit harder for them in here so that life is a little bit easier for them out there and they're less So when to do you things. do have them go yeah. back into the wild, sure. let's call it that, <laughs> yeah. and, and they come back and report to you on how things were or how they're doing their exercises, how is that? I mean, do, what percentage of the people would you say follow the programs that you, like, I'm going to say, sure. prescribe? Yeah. Some, I'm sure, like follow it to the T. Yeah. And then others? Yeah, I mean, a little bit about it. I think you just kind of, um, you kind of know what kind of person you're dealing with um, once they kind of walk in the door. I mean, it's hard to kind of judge someone just from, you know, right, the right. beginning. But kind of going back to what you were talking about when, you know, you went through your certification, um, take a step back, right? kind of see what their goals are. Again, their back hurts, but that might not be the reason why they're here. Their back hurts, but they want to pick up their granddaughter, right? Mm -hmm. I can't do that because my back hurts. Kind of dig a little bit deeper to see their true motive. Yeah. And then once you get that true motive, then you can kind of like foster that a little bit because that will build that adherence to whatever you want to have them do. Is that something similar you. that you've kind of Well, and he here's where I step in yeah, sure. something like that. I like to work with them on the lifestyle aspect of that. Mm -hmm. So... Let's say they're coming in to you, they're doing everything you're telling them to do. Right. But the inflammation, I'm getting to the back because that's, where I, that's yeah. what I have. Hey, we share with. that common thing, man. And, <laughs> but yeah, I would try to understand why, are, why do they still have the inflammation? Because you can only do so much by working with them at this moment sure. and even giving them the exercises. But if there are aspects of their lifestyle that are holding them back, Mm -hmm. Whether that be how they're sleeping, whether that be what they're eating, what they're drinking, yeah. how much of yeah. those things, those are the kinds of things that I like to talk to people about to get them to make modifications. And then we can see truly how the exercises and the movements yeah. that you as a physical therapist are putting them through, how they're actually working. Because some people, they look at you as the person, okay, fix me. Right. Right. I'm going to go out and live my life the way I want to live it, mm -hmm. but the onus is on you to fix me. Right. Well, when I look at it from the wellness perspective, we're partnered. So I'm trying to help you in all aspects to address that back pain. So whether that's us talking about what you did in physical therapy, right. whether that's talking about how you do your, your exercises away, what you're eating, what you're drinking, how you're sleeping. Mm -hmm. Those are the elements, all-encompassing. Right. So that's, I mean, that, that's the difference in terms of, like, what I like to um, work on. No, I think, yeah. um, I think what you just touched on right there, I think that's a lot of what's missing in, um, I think, just medicine in general. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, um, like I've said, in the beginning of my career, I would try to just ask those hard questions. You know, why does it hurt? What would you do? But now, kind of going, taking a step back, I'm asking, okay, like, you know, what does your lifestyle look like? Because... You know, they only see you like once or twice a week for about two hours, right? Two hours max. Yeah. yeah. What are they doing for the rest of the week, right? And how is that affecting how they feel, mm -hmm. whatever injury they're coming in or whatever training goals, you know, that they do have? Like, how can we, again, as a like overall wellness, you know, attack that? Right. And I think that, um, you know, you do a great job of that. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a great kind of um, analysis that you do with a lot of the people and clientele that you have. And quite frankly, I think 
and a lot of traditional medicine, kind of going off, you know, track here, but a lot of <laughs> traditional ahead. medicine, um, I think because we look so much to just objective factual measure, right. we forget that we're also treating a human being, right? Mm -hmm. And there's more to life than just, um, you know, my knee hurting. You know, what else is going on? What else is causing it? I remember when we talked, you know, uh, it was a couple of months ago, I think you were helping someone out with some kind of like a, a pain issue and you asked them how much did they drink, right? Yeah, because yeah. drinking causes a decent amount of inflammation. Exactly. And then I think the lady was saying, well, you know, I can't give up my wine. This, right. is, this is my stress relief. <laughs> it's one of the few things right? I enjoy. Yes, yeah. is what she was Right, one of the few things I enjoy. But again, just taking perspective, maybe that little bit of wine each week or each like weekend right. could decrease the amount of pain you might be having, let's say in your knee. So mm -hmm. I think that was, you know, when I, when I remember when you first told me that, that was great insight for me because, again, this is not something I, was, I learned in school. Like, right. look at the whole picture, which I think why wellness coaches do so well with a lot of their clients is because their wellness, they look at everything, not just, you know, right. one right. little part. And see, before I started to look at things in that manner, right. <laughs> if someone showed up to one of my sessions and it was clear they were hungover from the night before, <laughs> I punished them. They got, they got worked really? harder, so they would not do that the next time. That's good. That's good. Now, I don't do it that way anymore. <laughs> you know, I try, I try to, um, if, if they are a wellness client, I try to, you know, figure out why. Yeah. Yeah. You know we're meeting at 7 a.m. You know this is brutal. You know the sun's out. Why? <laughs> how are you, how, what were you thinking in terms of, like, I mean, I don't put it, point it like that. Sure. But I just try to put it in their mind in terms of, Okay, if I want to get the most out of this, then I need to prepare myself mm -hmm. for it. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's, that, that's the thing. And I look at it the same way for me. I mean, I prepare my body for the runs that I have scheduled coming up. So I practice what I preach. I don't partake in things that will not help me perform if I have a long run on a Sunday. Right. Saturday night, mm -hmm. we're going to bed at like 9.30. Right. You know, I, my, my thing is, my excitement is Sunday morning to get out and perform for that run. Right. And so I try to teach those principles and share some of those things with other people because some people, and I was there when I was younger, you know, I thought I could just push right through it. it. Right. I'm like, my determination, my mind is stronger than that. Well, if you're inflamed, your body is not going to perform. Mm -hmm. If you... You know, sometimes I remember I would like I have a hard night out with some of my buddies sure. and my knees were aching in the morning, but I'm still <laughs> going to run 12 miles. Right. Well, I'm obviously not going to run the same way as if I didn't have that sort of thing happening. Yeah. So some some of it, you know, people, they have to learn that. But, you know, I try to um, give them some perspective and, you know, let's have some balance. Yeah. You know, if you want this then let's taper this back and let's see how it works. Let's see if you notice a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, I've been doing these challenges. You asked some of the things I've been up to. Yeah, sure. So I've been trying to create a community. Well, I have been creating community. I started the new year off doing these different challenges, right? So the first one, I don't know, I don't think you joined. It was a steps challenge. Oh, I had yeah, like 50 right. people right. all over the country mm -hmm. doing it. And people are like, you going to do a step challenge in the middle of winter? I'm like, perfect time. <laughs> and we actually had a mild January out here, if you remember. Did it you wasn't, really? Yeah, yeah you're right. January out yeah. here, it wasn't that bad. Most of the people were on the East Coast, but I had some in the South, Midwest, some in California doing it. And um, collectively, the group did, we did like almost 20 million steps. That's, all, that's right? amazing. And it was all tracked through an app. Mm -hmm. So uh, people just really got into it. And it was all about creating this community of being active. 
and we talked about how we were getting steps in. You know, at the beginning, everyone was just either running or walking. Right. And then the one, this one guy got creative. He was doing hip-hop aerobics. And they were like, <laughs> wait, how does that count? I'm like, if he's it's, stepping, he's stepping, it counts. Right? So, you know, the Apple Watch was counting those steps. That's so awesome. people really loved it. Yeah. Moved into February doing a 21-day challenge. I've talked to you before about my 21-day mm -hmm. challenge. Mm -hmm. That's where you're going um, for 21 days, drinking a gallon of water a day, not having products that have added sugar, no fried foods, no white carbs, and a serving, like a seven ounce serving of green vegetables for the 21 days. Oh, wow. Yeah, so people started to really notice a difference in how their body was reacting. And that was the whole point. Most people had no idea how much sugar is added to our products. A lot of things, yeah. And it got people to think. Some education was there. They were starting to read labels. And I had one woman who's done all of my challenges since. She's like, LaVon, thank you so much. I, did, I had no idea I was consuming so much sugar. And what's happened for her is her lab work came back recently, and it's the best it's been in like four years. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, her blood pressure is down. Um, they may be taking down some of her other medications because she's been moving in such a good direction. So, you know, that... Those were two things, and I have people who are, I'm going to call serial challengers. They're, they're following me, which is great. Sure. Um, I moved from the 21-day challenge to doing a 500, burn 500 calories a day for five days. Wow. So we had that one going on. That was a little more challenging for people. I try to make it physical, then I try to get it to where it's on the nutritional, nutritional side. side. Right. But an educational piece where people are figuring things out on their own and sharing that information. Right, I think that's huge. Yeah, so we did that and then um, I moved to what I called um, spring cleanup. So we brought the elements of the 21 day challenge and the burn 500 for five days together for a week. So you wow. were to go doing the elements of the 21 day challenge for you those five the, days and burn right. 500 calories. Ooh, nice. That was tough for people. Yeah. That was tough. Um, then I moved to, for April, I call it Accountabil Accountability April, which is a partner step challenge that's ending this week, where people partnered, they're in twos, and they're, they're accumulating steps. Very cool. Right? So you're you know, motivating your partner to get out there and you know, help moving. us climb the ladder so, <laughs> so gotcha. that we win. For May here, it's going to be intermittent May. What's, well, so what's intermittent? So, uh, intermittent fasting. There you go. That's the Very focus. Cool. And it doesn't matter the type of fasting you're going to do. You could do it for all 30 days. Mm -hmm. You could do it for one day. You could do it for a week. Sure. You could do some of the more popular ones that are out there, like the window of 1410, where you fast for 14 hours and your window of eating is 10. Right. I've been living the lifestyle for, I don't know how long, of 16-8, fasting 16 hours. Just because how your eight. schedule is like or because... It just, I'm not a breakfast person. Yeah. So it just, you know, it, it all centered around my wanting to improve my performance with running. Gotcha. I read an article a few years back, as I, which I think I was training for the Berlin Marathon. And I read how some endurance athletes were moving to the state of ketosis, right? Where you're burning, you're switching your body from burning the carbs as the go-to fuel to burning to fat. fat. Yep. And I experimented with that. I, drastically reduced my carbs for 14 days, and I noticed a huge difference. Did you really? Yeah, and Very I cool. got leaner. And I was like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> and my running, my performance was so much better. So I just kind of followed that 
time frame sure. from then. Mm -hmm. um, of late, here in April, I've done three 36-hour fasts, right. which have been pretty cool. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'll start on Sunday night, 9 p.m., mm -hmm. and I won't eat until uh, 9 a.m. on Tuesday. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So the next challenge you got going on in May is the intermittent fasting. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we'll have, you know, the group. I have a private face, Facebook group. People will be able to share ideas, share their methodologies, how mm -hmm. they do it. And if people want to consult with me and work with me one-on-one -on -one to structure a program and help keep them accountable, that's something that I'm going to be offering awesome. as well. So yeah. if some, let's say some of our listeners want to sign up for that. How can they, how can they do that? I will give you the information. Awesome. And on, on my website, I will also be posting a link. Usually I post something on my website about the challenge that's going on. Mm -hmm. I haven't yet posted um, May's information yet because we're ending the April, April challenge right. here right now. And this one for May, it's free. It's all about sharing information. You know, I'm sharing information. I want other people to share information. Mm -hmm. You know, some people have been doing this for years. It's just now. Sure has it really become popular. And it's a great way to lose weight. It's a great way to manage your insulin. Sure. Some people have managed their diabetes with it. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of positive benefits to doing it. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about intermittent fasting is it's easy. Yeah, It's manageable. You don't have to go three days without eating. You can start small. Right. You can just go a 12 hour window. And most of that time you're sleeping, right? <laughs> so you can ease into it and reap the benefits of it. Gotcha. Because basically people eat too much. Uh, yeah, the I think for sure. For Grazing sure. is not good for us. <laughs> I don't think so either. Snacks. Right. Awesome, man. Right. Uh, I think we're almost about out of time okay. here, but real quick, um, just kind of feeding off what we just said, uh, where can everyone find you if they want to get in touch with you, if they're interested in BCF training, also if they're interested in some doing your challenges, where can everyone kind of find you? Well, I'm on Instagram. That's my main platform, mm -hmm. at Levon, L-A-V-O-N-N. Gilbert, G-I-L-B-E-R-T, gotcha. all together. And then my website is bcftraining.com. Gotcha. And yeah. then we'll have all that kind of linked on the show notes as well, too, so everyone can check that out. Great. Everyone check out Levon. Awesome person, amazing guest, and friend of the Iron Health uh, facility. Levon, thank you so much again, sure, man. Sure, man. It's always a pleasure having you here. Everyone, guys, check us out. Thank you, Levon, again for being on our show. Check us out at Iron Health and book your next appointment with us today. Thank you for joining us today on the Powered by Iron Health podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you'd like more resources and information on Iron Health, please go to ironhealth.co. You can also find us on our socials on Facebook and Instagram, both at ironhealth.co. Keep moving and stay active.